You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Good morning to everybody online. Great to, thanks for the three people that, that welcome this. Great. Hey, well, um, Stephen Beck's uh, still away on their uh, two weeks off which is nice. They're hopefully enjoying some sun and sunshine. They'll be back next week with us. But if you haven't met me before, uh, my name's Adrian. Uh, I lead our online campus, which is cool. Uh, and great to have you here, especially if you're a guest or a visitor. You're so welcome. So good to have you here with us. Uh, the building is taking shape. Uh, we've got some really cool decoration happening over here. Uh, this is the kind of new look we're going for. Uh, it's a bit temporary. Um, and uh, the offices, if you walk up the stairs, you can't get anywhere. It's just like a, it's just like a wall now, uh, which is exciting. We're very, very close. They're saying March. I'm believing. End of March, we're going to open the new space, which is going to be amazing. Anybody excited for that? Anybody excited for a new cafe, kids' spaces? Uh, it's been a long time coming. I'm really excited. Uh, but this morning, I want to preach. I want to carry on with our, our January series called Promises. Uh, we've been looking at different promises that we find in the Bible, and we, as a church, we, we want to start the year uh, on God's foundation, right, on the Word of God, on looking at His promises and what He's saying to us, and, and so that's so important, because God's, God's Word is really our plumb line, right, it's our foundation, it's where we draw our hope, it's where we uh, look to, where we find God uh, in His Word, uh, and so that's what we're going to look at this morning. Is that cool? Great. Let me pray. God, I thank you. I thank you that you are a God of breakthrough. God, you are a God of wonder. You are a God of the miraculous. And God, you're a God of peace. That we don't have to, as we sung this morning, God, we don't have to fear, God, what you've already defeated, what you've already overcome. And so, God, we, this morning, we place our trust in you. And I pray, God, as I preach this word, God, it wouldn't be my words, but your words, God. That we would be encouraged, God, by, by your words, by your promise, that we can find a peace, God, a peace that surpasses all understanding. And we can find that peace in your presence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, church, are there any rule followers out there? People that always just follow the rules, a few of us. Okay, I'm, I'm a rule follower as well online. If you're a rule follower, let me know in the chat. Uh, I just, I follow the rules, right? I wear the same color socks. This, not only the same color, but the same kind, okay? If they're not the same kind, I'm, I'm having none of that. I don't know why, like, you know, but you have to do the same. When I play board games, I play by all the rules, right? I need to know the rules before we start playing. Because there's some people, there's some people out there, and you'll find this over summer, there's some people that have different rules, right? <laughs> they make up their own rules. And then, and then the rules change throughout the game as well. You know, I hope you're not one of those kind of people. God forgive you if you are. Yeah, I play by all the rules, and even if there's a rule that suits me, or, or if someone doesn't know about the rule and it might suit my game, I tell them anyway, I have to confess. I have to tell them the rules. I, I uh, go by all the parking rules, you know, by the minutes, even if it's a public holiday or at night. I don't know why, but I do. I don't share my Netflix password with anybody, or Disney Plus for that matter. Uh, if you being feel convicted, that's not my problem. Um, I just, I don't know, I always follow the rules. I don't know what will happen if I don't, but I also don't want to find out, okay? I don't want to find out what will happen if I break the rules. And I'm just kind of a rule follower. I don't know why. Um, last year, at the end of last year, we had, there was one of these end of the year lunches. You know, you always have the Christmas lunches and things like that. And, uh, you know, most of them you can kind of order what you want, or at least you can go to the buffet and choose what you get. This particular one, they brought out this platter. 
which is, I mean, I'm cool with platters. It was a great platter. It was a beautiful platter. But the problem was I didn't know the rules around them, you know? I didn't know what goes with what. You know, there was bread on the side, but is that dip or is that spread? You know, like, and, and what knife do I use? And, and there's some nice looking cheese, but what, do I cut the cheese with that knife? But then what if someone wants to dip, the, use the cheese for a spread? Like, you know, I was confused. I was torn. I was puzzled. I, I liked the food that was there, but I just didn't know how to go about eating it. You know, normally when I can order my own meal, then I know kind of the rules around eating it. And, and I can proceed that way. But at the same time, you know, when you get a burger in a restaurant, not Mac- McDonald's isn't a restaurant, people. Um, when you get a burger in a restaurant, can you eat with your hands? I don't really know. Chips, do you have to use your fork or can you just dip them, you know? Anyways, I'm a rule follower. And, and I, I don't know if there's like a fear in getting it wrong. Maybe, maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's why I follow the rules. Maybe there's a, a comfort or a, in that certainty, right? There's a comfort in the familiar, a comfort in knowing what will happen or what we're supposed to do. And I don't know about you, but 2020 was anything but that. 2020 was anything but certain. Um, and I, I remember last year, I, I found myself at times living in fear. I found myself at times worrying and stressing and being anxious most of the time about things that didn't matter. Most of the time about things that didn't even eventuate. And, and I don't know if you can relate to this. Maybe you found the same. Maybe you found fear stealing your day. And maybe you found fear or anxiety or worry getting the better of you. Better of you. You know what I do know though, I, I know that that's not the way that God's designed us to live. I know that God doesn't want us to live in fear. God doesn't want us to, uh, to uh, be gripped or controlled by fear or anxiety. And some days I, I kind of almost found myself crippled by that. And so there's a verse that I kind of kept going back to that I'd, I'd love to share with you this morning. You know, uh, sometimes we can find ourselves spending more energy in the future, spending more energy in tomorrow, only to find out that the the, the tomorrow that we imagined actually never comes into being, right? We spend so much time worrying about what if, and then that what if never happens, but Jesus has got some great advice for us here. He says um, in Matthew 6, 34, so do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I like that. Don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will worry about about itself. Forget each year having enough trouble. Forget 2020 having enough trouble. Each day has enough trouble. And so Jesus said, hey, don't worry about tomorrow. Just focus on today. Live in today. Live in the present. Be present in today. You know, in fact, uh, he says, uh, don't worry about tomorrow because like worrying about tomorrow can't even add a single day to your life. In fact, it doesn't add, it actually takes away. Worrying takes away, it steals. Worry is like the thief who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And so how do we, how do we deal with anxiety? How do, if God designed us, or God desires us to live in peace, if God doesn't want us to live in fear, how do we actually do that? Uh, and I wanna look at a promise that's found in Philippians 4, Paul speaking, um, and it's really practical. And you can follow along if you've, got the, um, if you've got the Elam app, you can pull that out and follow along the notes or the notes will be up on the screen as well. You can check those out. But we're gonna read together in Philippians 4, uh, verses four to eight. It says this, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And here is the promise. 
and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and minds in Christ Jesus. Isn't that cool? Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learnt or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. I love how simple and practical Paul is here. He gives us some really simple and practical steps that we can take to overcome anxiety, to overcome fear, uh, and, and how we can experience God's peace. And not only a peace, but a peace that he says uh, like surpasses all understanding. I, I think this verse is simple enough, but I want to take a few moments to kind of dig into it a little bit, try and pull some things out, try and pull out three things that I think, or three things we can do that can help us to overcome anxiety. Is that cool? Here we go. Number one, choose joy. Choose joy. Paul starts off by telling the church in Philippi to, to choose joy, to rejoice in the Lord always. You might, oh, cool, you know, that's easy to do. But actually in that situation in Philippi back then, it was under the Roman Empire. And so pretty much like living in Philippi at the time, you're almost guaranteed as a Christian to experience persecution. And so Paul saying, hey, rejoice in the Lord at all times and all circumstances is actually a big thing to ask. It's kind of one of those things that, that seems to be easier said than done. But in fact, if, if you know a little bit of the backstory, this letter that Paul's writing, he's actually in prison at the time. He's in prison for his faith. He was thrown into prison uh, for believing in Jesus, for being a Christian and preaching the good news. Uh, and so when Paul says, hey, rejoice in the Lord at all times, it kind of gives a little bit more authority to it, right? If Paul is in prison saying rejoice and he's able to rejoice in that situation, it kind of gives a little bit more authority. It's like, if I can do that in my situation, if I can rejoice in, then surely you can too. What he was saying is that regardless of the circumstance, regardless of where you find yourself or regardless of what's going on, you can make a choice to rejoice. You can make a choice and it says rejoice in the Lord. So it's not like just be happy. It's not like, hey, just turn that frown upside down. You know what I mean? But Paul said actually rejoice in the Lord. What does that mean? It means that we can find a joy in the Lord. It means that we can find a joy in God's presence. It's, it's not like a, a happiness that, that is swayed by circumstance. It's not like a happiness that depends on like how good your meal was. It's not a happiness that depends on what happened that day, but it's, a, it's like a deep-rooted happiness. It, it's a happiness or a joy that comes from God. It comes from being in His presence. It, it, it's one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. It's, it's evidence of God in our life, and it's, it's evidence of a growing relationship and intimacy with God. It's a joy that we can't manufacture, right? It's a joy that comes from God. So he says, rejoice in the Lord. So joy comes from God, but I think it's also a choice. It's a choice that we, when things are hard, that we wouldn't run away from God, but we run to Him. It's a choice that when things are hard, that we press into Him. It's a choice that when things are hard, that we look to Him, that we place our trust in Him. Joy is a choice. We, we realize that that joy comes from being in God's presence. So we choose joy. The second thing I think we do is this, is we pray about it. We pray about it. Paul says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, 
present your request to God. Like, bring it to God, whatever, whatever the situation, whatever the circumstance, pray about it, bring it to God. And, God. and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Paul says, pray about it. And I think when we pray, it's, it's important to realize these three things. It's important when we pray to realize, number one, that God loves us. Because when we realize that God loves us, we realize that actually he wants the best for us. I think we know that, but sometimes we're not really sure. <laughs> well, we know that God loves us, sometimes we're not really sure. But when we know we know that God loves us, we know that he wants the best for us, that regardless of what happens, actually God wants the best for us. And number two, we need to realize that, that God is wise. We need to realize God's wisdom. Not only does he love us, but he understands he sees the full picture. He sees the beginning from the end. He has the solution to your problem. He knows, he understands there's nothing that's too big for God to understand or comprehend. We need to understand that God loves us. We need to understand his wisdom. And number three, we also need to understand that God has power. That we need to understand God's power. God's power is unlimited. Not only does he love us, not only does he know, but he also can do. God can move. God can act on our behalf. And, and so when we understand those three things, it really transforms the way we pray. It, it transforms our prayer life. It actually brings perspective. It helps us to shape the way that we think about it. It gives us peace that we can trust in. It gives us confidence, not in ourselves, but it gives us confidence in Him. It shifts the confidence and the reliance from ourself to Him. Are you with me this morning? These things transform our prayer life. Because when we pray knowing that God is good, when we pray knowing that he understands and he knows all, and when we pray knowing that he actually has the power to act, then we can actually trust him, right? Then we can place our trust in him. And that, that's where the peace comes from. Peace comes from trusting in him. And the reason it surpasses all understanding is because it doesn't make sense in the natural it doesn't logically make sense. We can have peace in situations where logic tells you that you should be freaking out. You can have peace in situations where logic tells you, man, you're in trouble, or logic tells you, man, it's not going to go good. We can have peace in those situations. That's why it surpasses all understanding. I've had so many of these peace that surpasses all understanding moments in my life, moments that I can only explain through God. I remember when, when we were moving back down to Auckland from Whangarei, uh, we had the moving truck all organized and booked, and we we're going to move on the Saturday, and it was now the Wednesday, and we had nowhere to go. It was only till like midday on the Thursday that we'd signed the papers to actually have a rental to move into. But like, I just knew it was going to be okay. It was like this, you know, like, into, like kind of logically would tell you, you should be freaking out, you know, like you've got nowhere to live. Um, but I just knew that it was going to be okay. Um, I just knew that God had it. And I remember when our second child, Sienna, was born. Uh, she was born four weeks premature. Uh, and then she was airlifted from um, Whangarei Hospital uh, to Starship here in Auckland. And my wife got to have a beautiful helicopter ride there and back. You know, I thought, you know, co-parents, yeah, we can go one way each. But turns out we couldn't. But, you know, she was born four weeks premature, and we, there was uncertainty. We didn't know what was going on. We kind of like knew a little bit from the doctors, but that, that it was urgent. They had to take it on a starship. But despite what was happening, there was a peace. 
despite what logic would suggest how we, how we should responding, there was just kind of like this deep-rooted peace from God knowing that it was going to be okay, that everything was going to be fine, even when on the surface it, nothing was. But just recently, like not last year, the year before, my dad was diagnosed with stage four cancer and the doctor said that without treatment you have six months to live. A situation where on the surface you should be freaking out. We kind of were at the start, but then there was just like this peace that came. This peace from God that just said it was it's gonna be okay, it'll be fine. And so like kind of a year and a half, I think almost two years down the track, my dad's latest blood test has said that there's no cancer left in his bloodstream. Like completely healed. Which is just crazy. But God knew. Right? He knew the beginning from the end. He's like, oh, it's going to be okay. It's gonna be, I know what's going to happen. It's going to be fine. A peace that surpasses all understanding. You know, situations where logic would say one thing, but God's peace says something else. God's peace that can't be manufactured. God's peace that can't be explained in any other way. What does that look like? I, I just, when I pray about it, I just literally say, hey, God, there's this financial situation coming up, freaking out. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I do know that you've always provided. I know that you can provide, and I know that I can trust in you, and I'm going to be okay. Hey, God, there's the situation. I feel anxious about it. I don't know why I feel anxious, but I know that I can trust you. I know that's going to be okay. I know that I don't have to fear. I literally just take whatever the situation is, and I pray about it. I just, like, I just give it to God. I say, God, would you, would you take this? Would you have this? I can't. You can it's as simple as that. We pray about it. And number three, remember the good. Remember the good. To be honest, I got to the third point and I thought, mm, you know, like I'm preaching. I should probably have some kind of, you know, like abbreviation, something to make it catchy, memorable. CPR, you know, like, see what I did there? Not bad, eh? When, in case of anxiety, perform CPR. Choose joy. What's the second point again? <laughs> pray about it. Remember, really memorable. <laughs> Remember the good. Here's what Paul says. Paul says this. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learnt or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. It follows on from Paul talking about when we pray about it, we have to, it has to be like intertwined with thanksgiving. We should give thanks as we pray about it. You know, when our lives, when we give thanks, it shifts our focus. It's, it's focusing on the good that God has done. I love how William Barclay puts it. He says this, thanksgiving must be the universal accompaniment of prayer. Every time we pray, like thanksgiving, it just, it just accompanies it. Then he says, the Christian must feel that all his life is suspended between past and present blessings. Don't you love that picture? That as a Christian, we must feel that our life is suspended, like it's, it's lifted, it's, it's, it's been held between past and present blessings. Like we li- every day we live in the blessing of God. Everything we have is kind of just suspended there. We, 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 we are we, where we are because we're suspended in God's blessings. When we feel like that, then this is peace that comes. You know, what you focus on and think about is, has a massive impact on your well-being. It has a massive impact on your life. 
They say that our thoughts shape our actions, and our actions create habits, and those habits determine the course of our life. A Forbes article in 2014 talks about how gratitude can actually increase our mental strength. This is what it says. It says, for years, research has shown that gratitude not only reduces stress, but it may also play a major role in overcoming trauma. A 2006 study published in Behavior Research and Therapy found that Vietnam War veterans with higher levels of gratitude experienced lower rates of post-traumatic stress disorder. A 2003 study published in the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology found that gratitude was a major contributor to resilience following the terrorist attacks of September 11. Recognizing all you have to be thankful for, even during the worst times of your life, fosters resilience. It's a pretty cool way. It's awesome that research is showing what the Bible has been teaching for thousands of years. The Bible's always said this stuff, and now research is being able to back that up. Another verse in the Bible says that our, our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against people. It's not about that person that cut you off on the motorway. Our battle is actually sometimes, a lot of the time, in the mind. It actually says that we should take our thoughts captive. Strange picture, right? To, to have a thought and then like take it captive, like hold it under arrest. Like, what are you? Who are you? What are you saying? And sometimes we have these thoughts that are, that, are, that are wrong, that are bad, that are negative, that we should actually replace with the positive, that we need to remember the good. Our thoughts have an, a profound impact on our life, and so it's so important to, to remember the good, to focus on the good, to focus on what God has done, to create a habit of remembering the good. When times are hard, write down a list of all the things that you're thankful for. When you're going through a struggle and you need a breakthrough, remember what God has done in the past and thank Him for that. Remember the good. I'm going to ask the team to, to come up now as I close. You know when you feel anxious and when fear begins to try and steal the day, I want to encourage you to choose joy. I want to encourage you before you do anything to pray about it, to take it to God. I want to encourage you as hard as it is to remember the good, to focus on the good, to, to to focus on what God has done and what God is going to do and what he will do. And God's promise is this. God's promise is that his peace will guard your heart and guard your mind. That word guard in the Greek that Paul's using uh, is the word phorion. That's my best effort. It's a military word. It means to stand, a military word that means to stand guard saying that, that God's peace is like a sentinel. It's like a, a, like a guard at your heart. That when those anxious thoughts or when that fear tries to come, it's like, no, I'm standing guard here. It's like a peace that, that protects you, that guards your heart, that guards your mind. A peace that surpasses all understanding. A peace that we cannot produce on our own. A peace that we cannot explain on our own without God. A peace that comes from being in His presence. And this morning, if you're here and, and you need peace today, I'd love to pray for you. And more than that, I, I, wanna, I want us to sing that third song again, God of Revival, because I think there's so many lines in that song that it's just like a faith step. It's like that, that, that song is just again saying, God, I trust in you. Like you've done it before, you can do it again. Why should my heart fear what you've already overcome? Why should my heart fear what you've already defeated? I want to trust in you alone.
And so I want to, can I just ask everyone to stand to your feet and we're going to sing that song together. And I want to encourage you to, to make this song your prayer. That whatever you're facing today, whatever fear, whatever anxiety you might find yourself facing, that this would be your prayer, that you would again confess that you trust God. And you know, I really get the sense this morning that there's some strongholds that are going to be broken. There's some people that week after week, year after year, you've been facing the same fears, the same struggles, the same anxieties, but today something's going to shift. Today something's going to change. Let me pray. God, I thank you, God, for every single person here. God, I thank you that you are a God of peace, God. I thank you that your peace, God, can guard our heart and our mind. And God, I pray, God, that those strongholds would be broken, God. God, we hear the chains falling. God, would we understand and comprehend and know your love, your wisdom, your power, God. And today, God, we choose to place our trust, God, in you. We choose to place our trust in you. God, Holy Spirit, would your peace come? Would your peace come this morning? Let's sing, church. Sing this together. 
morning Hear the chains hit the ground God of revival Passes all understanding, God. We thank you for the fruit of joy, God, that's been released in lives, God. As fear is gone, God, joy is replacing it, God. God, healing is coming. Breakthrough is coming, God. Strongholds are breaking. God, I thank you, God. I thank you for the miracle, God, of a changed life. I thank you, God, for your presence here. I thank you, God, that your peace will guard our hearts and guard our minds. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. Just give God some praise this morning. Well, Chichi, you can grab your seat again. Hey, before we close, I'd love to pray one more prayer. Maybe you're here this morning, and, and I've been talking a lot about Jesus, talking a lot about God, but you kind of don't know who He is. It's okay. You're welcome. We're so glad that you came. I'd love to give you an opportunity to start a relationship with Him. You know, the truth is that God loves you. The truth is that God made you, He planned you, He designed you, that you're not an accident, you're not a mistake. He's got a plan for you and He wants to know you. Maybe more than you've been seeking to know Him, He wants to know you. And here's the truth. The truth is that all of us have messed up, all of us have made mistakes, all of us have 
gone our own way, done our own thing. But the good news is that God had a plan for that. He sent his son Jesus to come to earth to live a perfect life, but give his life, die on a criminal's death on a cross 2,000 years ago so that he could be the sacrifice, the payment for our sin, the payment for our mistakes, the payment for our mess ups, that he could give us a fresh start, a clean slate that we could not only have a relationship with Him here on earth, but we could spend eternity with Him in heaven. And this morning, if you're here in the room or you're online, I wanna give you an opportunity to invite God into your life. I'm gonna pray a really simple prayer and I wanna invite you to pray it along after me. I'm just gonna ask everyone to close their eyes and bow their heads out of respect for this moment. And if that's you, pray this prayer after me. If that's you online, pray this prayer. Say, dear Jesus, I thank you that you died for me. I recognize that I'm a sinner in need of a savior. Today, Jesus, I choose to follow you. Would you come into my life and make me new? Would you be my Lord and would you be my savior? In Jesus' name I pray. All eyes are still closed and heads still bowed. If you prayed that prayer this morning, I'd love to know who you are. I'd love to pray for you. I'd love to pray God's blessing on you, but I wanna know who I'm praying for. And so when I ask you to do one really brave thing. In a moment, I'm gonna to count to three. What, what I ask you to do is to pop your hand up nice and high so I can see it. And then I'll pray for you and then you and acknowledge you and you can put it back down. If you're online, there's a button coming up right now in the chat. It says, I raise my hand. I wanna ask you to push that button. Here we go, nice and brave. One, two, three. Hands going up now. Awesome, I see their hand in the back. Awesome. On my right here, I see their hand. Nobody else saying, on my left, thank you, I see their hand. On my left, far left, thank you, I see their hand. Anybody else saying I prayed that prayer this morning? I invited Jesus into my life. Give a few more moments for anybody online who wants to pray that prayer. Anybody else saying yeah, prayed that prayer. Awesome online, I see you online, thank you. The back, thank you, I see your hand. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you for every single person, both here in the room and online, God, who today started that journey with you. I thank you, God, that, that, that your word says that the old is gone, the new has come. They are a new creation. God, I pray your blessing on them. I pray your hand on them. I pray that they would know your peace, your love, your goodness, that you'd come into their world, God, and transform it from the inside out. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen. Church, can we celebrate all those people that prayed that prayer this morning? Amazing. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancentre.org.nz.